Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. Well, all right. Uh, Man, I hope you had a great week. Everybody had a great week so far? All right. If you didn't, your week is going to get better as a result of us spending some time together right now. God's good. I said God is really good. Amen. Yeah, it's going to be good. Uh, Let me look in the camera and just say welcome to our campuses, Redbug Lake and Michigan Street Campus. I'm so excited about what God is doing uh, on those campuses. And here, Curry Ford, yeah, you're already starting. Let's go ahead and put our hands together and just kind of celebrate that we are one church in a couple different locations. And so uh, if you're watching on the screen somewhere else, we consider you one of our campuses as well, right there in your house, uh, online campus. And um, so lean in to what God has to say to you today. It's gonna be an awesome, awesome day. And uh, y'all look good here at Curry Ford Campus, 1115 crowd, the rowdy bunch in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Let me say this, this week, kind of last Sunday was kind of the official day, but it's kind of a a, a month thing. Someone somewhere at some point in history uh, started a thing that they called Pastor Appreciation Day or month or whatever. And uh, so last Sunday was the official day and with Awaken, we didn't mention it. And um, the only reason why I mention it today is because I want to say how much I appreciate our pastoral team here at Faith Assembly. Um, I want you to know, amen. I want you to know that the pastors on this team, uh, there's nobody uh, on this team that's doing it for the wrong motivation. There's nobody on this team that we're sitting there fretting and praying over that they'll get right with Jesus at some point. There's nobody on this team that's being fake or phony. Uh, They love God. They love this church. They love you. They love to advance the kingdom. And we are, we are blessed to have the team of pastors and uh, their families that we have here at this church. So now one more time, because I, I really wanted them to know I appreciate them, but one more time, church across all of our campuses, can we thank God for our entire team? Amen. Yeah. And so if you see some of our, uh, some of our, our pastors team you know, walking around, you can just uh, kind of give them a hug and tell them you appreciate them. That would be great. Um, I also want to say welcome to my, my sister is here uh, from Arkansas. And so my sister Lynette's in service today. So you can kind of say hi to her as well. Uh, but man, awesome. And uh, next Sunday, Frank Turek. Um, just, I got to just mention that one more time. If, if you don't know who he is, I promise you're not going to want to miss it. He is one of the uh, top, top apologists in the nation. He travels just on university, secular university campuses and takes roomfuls of people and just uh, takes any question about the Bible and the authenticity of the word of God and Christianity. And so he's a brilliant, brilliant uh, guy. And so you're going to love it next Sunday. If you know somebody that thinks they have a problem with Christianity or the Bible, uh, you may want to bring them through next Sunday if you didn't already bring them this Sunday. All right. Uh, Acts chapter three. Acts chapter three, why don't you turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter three. We're gonna start in verse one. We're gonna read verses one through 10. Acts chapter three. And uh, if you're there, say, I'm there. All right. Some of you are a little slow, but you're worth the wait. All right, so come on. 
Go in your Bibles, uh, Acts chapter three. If you don't have a copy of God's word, it's all right. It will be on the screen <clears throat> behind me. <clears throat> so let's start in verse one. It says, one day Peter and John were going to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those who were going into the temple courts. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. And Peter looked straight at him as did John, and Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him, gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. Let me hit pause right there, because when I was reading this passage in the first service, a memory occurred to me that I may or may not uh, should have shared, but I, I shared it in first service. So in all fairness, I will share it again in this service. Hit pause right there. Uh, I remembered as I was reading that passage, literally it came to my mind as I was reading that passage in first service, um, that there was an experience I had at youth camp. Uh, I was probably like a, maybe a sophomore in high school or something. And I'd gone to youth camp and I was going to youth camp to get something from Jesus. That was my number one priority to go to youth camp. But however, I'll just be honest with you. If the Lord worked out something in the romance section, I was gonna go with that as well. Because you can do both. And uh, not at the same time. All right, at camp. It just has to be compartmentalized. But I was at camp and I was walking by these little group of girls. So I decided to stop by and uh, see how it went. You know, see what happens, you know? Spark up a conversation. And they, they, I forget what it was. They asked me for something. I don't remember what it was. And I responded back the answer and I quoted this scripture. I said, lady, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give thee. Uh, and uh, they were sitting down. I said, in the name of Jesus, you know, whatever. All right. Uh, they were so impressed with my biblical knowledge. They literally looked at each other and said, man, I wish I knew the Bible like that. And I was like, you do wish you knew the Bible like that. Now, what I did not tell them is the only reason why, and my sister being here, she will know why I knew that scripture. The only reason why I knew that scripture because that our church growing up, and this is gonna be so old school, it's only gonna hit about 3% of you. But in our church growing up, we sang a song, like this little praise, a little odd praise song back in the day. It was literally the exact lyrics to this, uh, to this chapter three in Acts. And uh, it talked about this guy and this, the chorus of the song went, he went walking and leaping and praising God. Is there anybody at all that would be like, all right, a couple of you. And some of you are just being nice, all right. So it literally had, it was like Peter and John went to pray. Like it had, the, it was just basically the whole thing. And so I had that like loaded up, ready to go. And uh, I'm, I, it worked. The Lord helped me impress the women. So, all right, amen. Like I said, I don't know that I should have shared it. It's just that I shared it in first service. And to be fair, I shared it. All right. So this man said silver. I mean, the Peter said silver and gold have I none. But what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and he began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. He went with them walking and leaping and praising God. When all the people, now this is, I want you to really focus on verses nine and 10. When all of the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. 
and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. I'm gonna preach for a few minutes today on the topic, what happened to you? What happened to you? Let's pray and let's ask God's anointing uh, on this word. Lord, in Jesus' name, we are so ready for your word. And I pray that there would be a prophetic anointing upon this word. I thank you for speaking directly to our hearts, to our situations, uh, to where we are. And I pray that as you speak to us, that we will allow today this moment with you to not just uh, be something that we are going through the motions, but God, I pray you would just change us, challenge us, mark us today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. I prayed for a prophetic anointing. What that means is this, that I'm not here to talk about God. I'm here to talk for God. And if, if God speaks to me, are you interested in hearing from, from God today? Yeah. Amen. All right. Awesome. I don't know about that golf clap when I just said the God of the universe is going to talk to you. And you're like, oh, I mean, whatever. That's fine. I said the God of the universe is going to say something specifically to your situation. Yeah, that's better. All right. <laughs> I, I knew you had it in you. I was in third grade walking to school, and uh, as sometimes third graders do, I got distracted by other things I could do on my way to school. There were some kids that were playing in this creek uh, right down off of the, the one street that I was walking to school. Um, my mom's in this service. She probably doesn't know this story either. So, uh, uh, and so on my way to school there, um, it was, winter was just beginning, and so I went down in the creek and started playing with some of my friends down there in the creek. And this creek has a de- decent-sized little body of water here. It was maybe, you know, it was good size and it was starting to froze over. This may have been like first of December. So like the first freeze. And so we were out there walking on the ice and um, I decided to impress everybody. I said, I'm going to walk further out on the ice than any of you. And they said, you won't do it. And I said, yes, I will. And so I, I go out and I was out further on the ice than anybody. And while I was out there further than anybody, I heard a sound that nobody likes to hear when you're out there on thin ice. I started hearing that cracking sound and I said, Lord Jesus, just help me right now. Just, and so as I took a step to get back on a little thicker ice, that ice broke, broke down and I went down into that water. Water was probably up to here. I could feel that my feet were just up in mud and nastiness. And so I came up out of that, climbed out of that ice. I was so embarrassed. And uh, at that moment, I have to realize what, I'm, what should I do? Should I go home and reset, you know, and get to school late and deal with whatever consequences I'm gonna deal with at home for doing this? Or do I just go to school like this? And so I just decided to turn around, and just walk to school like that. So all mud all over my shoes and pants. As I'm walking to school, my wet pants froze solid. So then I'm just walking into school, just all straight legged, just trying to look normal, just trying to look like this is how people do it now. And as I'm walking in, mud all over my legs, my pants frozen, my legs all stiff, it it provoked the question. People started looking at me, my friends, the teacher, looking at me saying, what happened to you? Anybody ever had one of those days, right, where people can just see it on you? I'm not necessarily even just mud, but sometimes it's just the stress. Sometimes it's just like the pain you're in or the thing you're going through or something. Somebody just look at you, what happened to you? You're like, oh man, life happened to me. That's what happened to me. Or somebody, they might say, man, you look, you look tired. What happened to you? I like those, people sometimes say that to me. You look tired, I'm always like, thank you. I was going for exhaustion, but that's the look I'm going for. Thank you, that's nice. 
No, sometimes we just wear it. What happened to you? And like they can see the devastation of our day like on us and it, it, it provokes them to be interested and intrigued in just how horrible your life, your day, your moment has been. What happened to you? But the same can happen on the flip side. Like sometimes things can be going so well. Sometimes things can be, that can be happening so good that you kind of wear that and it'll provoke the same question. Like, like probably about eight or nine years ago, um, I, I decided I wanted to lose some weight. And so I lost about 35 or 40 pounds over a couple of months. I really worked hard at it and really was watching what I was eating. I could stand to do a couple more back again today, but, uh, but I lost a ton of weight and I, I kind of, I'll just be honest with you, just on the inside and I kind of got used to anytime I would see somebody that I hadn't seen in a while. I kind of got used to their reaction. I'll just be honest. Like I started to kind of look forward to it. Like I was going to be, if anytime I was going to be around some people that hadn't seen me in two, three, four, five, six months, I kind of used to, I'd kind of walk in and wait for it, you know, and be like looking and they'd say, man, what happened to you? And I say, I can tell you what happened to me. This is what I did. I started eating this and I only eat this and only do this many calories. And I was ready. I was ready for the question when, uh, ready for the answer when the question was posed, when my appearance would just provoke them to ask. Matter of fact, if they didn't ask, I would kind of think, what's going on? Like, you haven't seen me. I know I look better. Like, why? I'd start like bringing it in and trying to look a certain way. So it's funny how like, Either way, sometimes the roughest of days will provoke people to say, what happened to you? And sometimes the best of days will provoke people to say, what happened to you? It was the same for this beggar, for this lame beggar, because no doubt people had walked by him in his devastation state. When he's literally been carried there and placed there, he's, 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 he can't walk. He's been that way since birth. How do we know he's been that way since birth? Because somebody asked him, what happened to you? What happened to you? And he had to say, well, here's what happened to me. It was, was it an accident? No, it wasn't an accident. I was, I was born this way. And so it, his, his, his condition in that state caused people to say, what happened to you? But then we fast forward to this encounter with God. And after this encounter with God, it said there that we read that the people were amazed and wondered about what had happened to him. And so now it's the opposite. Now it's because of the change that has taken place in his life. People are provoked to ask the same question. What happened to you? Now here's the thing, Faith. We still believe in a Christ that has that kind of impact on people. I mean, I want Christ to have that kind of impact on you that makes people have to try to figure you out. I want, I want us to have such an encounter with God. Some of us that happened to us like this last week, we talked about what an incredible week Awaken was. And if, and if that wasn't your moment, then today's gonna be your moment that you would be open to God and say, God, I wanna encounter you in such a way that it causes the people around my life to be intrigued about what happened to me. Yes. Do you realize that's part of the reason why God does things in you? He does it in you so he can do it through you. There are people that you will come into contact with they'll never hear me preach. And that's, they may not even darken the doors of a church, but they'll see your change of life. We still believe in life change. We still believe in living a life that just points to something. Like There has to be some explanation because I knew who they used to be and I know who they are now. What happened to you? That's the question. And so as we kind of try to live that life. And I do believe we're called to live that kind of life. 
a Christ impact, first of all, that would cause you, I think this, I think this lame beggar, I think he handled this situation so well and uh, we'll kind of become him for a few moments, but as Christ impacts, that, that impact that would cause us, first of all, to stand with the new strength, to like stand with the new strength. We, we read it a moment ago, verse seven, Peter taking him by the hand, he helps him up. And as he's helping him up, the Bible says instantly his feet and his ankles become strong. Now we, we know the devastation of this man's life, that he was uh, born this way, this stationary life. He's literally having to be carried to this spot. And we know this. We also know by, by the next chapter, we know that he's 40 years old. So for 40 years, he, he's lived in this low state. For 40 years, he's lived in this uh, season of lack. For 40 years, it's been what happened to you in a, in a negative way. And so uh, we, we see that about him, that, 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 that that's who he used to be. Uh, and we have the advantage, though, of knowing that after God touched his life, that this down here was just a setup for what God was going to do in his life. Matter of fact, it's proportionate. Watch this. The lower my life was before Christ, the more noticeable it is when Christ lifts me up, right? So even as Christians, when we go through rough seasons, we go through it with a different mindset. We go through it with a different hope because we know, okay, I'm going through a rough season. Well, I'm going through a real rough season. Man, I'm going through something that I don't even know very many people that have gone through it. That must mean when God brings me through this, when God, like, when God brings me through this, everyone's gonna notice that God was real in my life. Yeah, so the setback, it just sets up your breakthrough. It sets up your, your, your win. And here's the thing, you're not meant to stay down. Can I, just, can I just remind somebody, you're not meant to be there on the ground, unable to move, unable to make progress. That's not who God created you to be. And sometimes we have to get that into our own minds because boy, that victim mentality can start to kick in. And we can start to think this is all I'm meant to do is just sit here and just watch the world go by. Just sit here and be a beggar. That's all I'm meant to do. Listen, that's not all you were meant to do. At some point, you've got to decide that I'm gonna look around and figure out a way that I'm gonna stand up out of my situation, stand up out of this mess I've been in, stand up out of this addiction, stand up out of this poverty, stand up out of this spiritual distance from God. You gotta make that decision. And I, I like that when this man made that decision, this is cool. Not only did he stand literally, but he stood figuratively as well. Here's what I mean. Uh, publicly, he identified that Christ had done something in his life. I mean, he's, he's all over the place. He's jumping, he's leaping, he's praising God, but maybe more important than all of that, he stood. And when I say he stood figuratively, here's what I mean. He stood with, not only did he stand up, he stood with the apostles in the temple. And then the next day, um, you read about this in chapter four. Later that night, the apostles are arrested uh, for preaching the name of Jesus. And they don't know what the outcome is going to be as a result. They don't know the punishment for this crime yet. And they say, we're gonna leave you in jail for the night and then tomorrow we'll figure this out. Tomorrow comes and now they're standing, they're in their trial trying to decide the fate. Guess who's standing next to them right there during the trial? This, this dude. 
I love it that when he could stand, he decided not only am I going to stand, everybody's going to know what I stand for. See, like you got to stand for something or you will fall for anything, the old quote says. And so we've got to make a decision to not be ashamed about what we are standing for, about who we are standing with, even if it means some discomfort in our life. I got a, me and Pastor Matt got a cool text from one of our uh, members here at the church and uh, he screenshotted a conversation he was having with one of his new clients. He's stepping out and he's starting a new business and this was the conversation that he had with one of his new clients and the client said this, uh, thanks for all your help and advice, it's greatly appreciated. You taught me a lot and I'm so grateful for the help and this was what um, our, one of our members answered back. He said, that's what I'm here for. I have a passion to help my clients to be better every day. It's the passion that Jesus put in my heart. And I just like that in that moment, I mean, he's probably thinking, man, I could interject Jesus into this, but this is like, this is a corporate moment. Like this is a business moment and I'm not sure if this fits. And I like to, I like to, at least one of our people say, you know what? No, I'm gonna insert Jesus. I'm gonna show this client what I stand for and the reason why I do what I do. I love that. I was in one of our other businesses a couple of weeks ago uh, in a big, big um, warehouse and showroom. And I was in there and, uh, and right up there on the wall, the biggest sign in the whole place, big old banner says, we proudly support by get, we give 11% of all of our profits to Faith Assembly. It says it right there, right there on the banner. And now somebody could go, yeah, but what if, what if non-Christians come in? That could affect your business. Maybe what if somebody comes in and they don't like Faith Assembly? I mean, who wouldn't like Faith Assembly? That's a whole nother issue. <laughs> and you don't have to email me your top 10 reasons, all right? Like, I know somebody's thinking, oh, I can give you some. No, 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 no. So he's taking a risk, but yet also showing where we stand. Oh, I think, I think the world kind of needs some Christians who will not just stand, but let everybody know kind of what we're standing for, who we're standing with, amen. Because it will intrigue them. It'll make them wonder what happened to you. Also, uh, the impact of Christ, the kind of impact that caused us to walk in a new way. Uh, I like he jumps to his feet, the Bible says in verse eight, and he begins to walk. And then he went with them into the temple courts walking. That's important. We'll get to that in just a moment. He jumps to his feet and he begins to walk. And then he walks with them into the temple courts. Now, before... This man, the only direction he went is where other people carried him. So he was always carried to a spot and he was set down and that's where he stayed until someone else decided to pick him up and carry him somewhere else. This was his way of life. This had been what he was used to for 40 years, carried to and fro by everybody else. This was some of your way of life before you came to Christ, just carried by culture, carried by whatever anybody else had to say, carried around by what the media told you to think, carried by whatever this, this uh, new movement was, carried around, and then you impacted Christ. And something happens when you impact Christ. You're no longer bound to the direction of everybody else you're no longer bound to the direction of the world. No, no, no. You go your own direction. Matter of fact, let's say it this way. You go the direction that God leads you to go. He walked in a new way. I mean, some of you younger people are gonna kind of be shocked at this thought. But back in the day, we used to get into a car to drive somewhere and not know how to get there. Yeah. Like you would... I, pr I promise this would happen. 
You'd be in the car and uh, before you leave the house, you'd call somebody and you would say, so how do you get your house again? I promise, they would say stuff like this. You go up the one road and then there's that really big tree. And you turn left at that really big tree. And then the whole time you're driving like, is that the big tree or is that the, is that some, that's a medium tree? Keep going. This is what we did. Turn, then you turn left at that big tree and then you turn right on Adams Street. But the street sign's not on there, but you'll see a pole without a street sign. And then you know that, I mean, this is what you did. You'd be driving back in the day and uh, other people in the car would say, do you know where you were going? And you just, you said yes. You just had to say yes. You didn't know. You're just praying, praying that this thing would just work out. You know, like, I just hope we end up somewhere. Like, this will be awesome. That's how it used to be. And now we, none of us know that life. Now we get into the car and every single turn by turn is a little voice going in a couple stoplights, you'll just turn left. In a couple minutes, you'll turn right. And you'll keep on this road for 37.6 miles. Like this voice just coming in, telling you each direction to go. I, I think Romans chapter eight is kind of talking about the contrast between these two lifestyles. It says this, the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God. God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. They can't walk in his way. They're sitting there guessing. They're like, is that the big tree I'm supposed to turn at? They cannot please God because they're controlled by the flesh. But then Paul goes on to say, you, you however, are not in the realm of the flesh. You are in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you. When we are, when we are in the spirit, we don't have to wonder what's going on in our life. We don't have to wonder what direction to go because there's a voice telling us which way to walk. And people notice that. People look at you and go, why is it everything? Why are all the doors open to you? Why does it seem like everything works out? You could say, because God, God speaks to me. I prayed, God, should I start this business? And God said, yes. And so I started the business in his timing. God said, join this ministry. I joined the ministry team in his timing. When you're trying to figure out how to deal with your teenager, you don't have to try to guess. You don't have to look for the big tree and turn left. No, you can say, Holy Spirit, what should I do with this young man? What should I do with this young lady? And God will give you some, some ideas. God will give you some things to pray and how to discipline. You go to God and say, God, should I be dating this person? It's amazing that some of you single people never pray about that because wow. you don't want God's interference in you. You don't want him to say no. The thing is, God sees into the future. He knows that that boy's going to turn into a loser. And so God will keep you from that. Listen, this is the difference this is walking in a new way. This is where you start to live the kind of life where it just looks like you're lucky. And somebody be like, you are lucky. And you go, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's not luck. They say, well, what happened to you then? Oh, I can tell you what happened to me. The kind of life, the kind of walk with God that causes people to be intrigued enough to ask you what happened. And let's not miss, I can't miss this point that when this man could walk, I can't miss the point of the first place he walked. The first place that he walked was into the temple. The first place that he walked was up into church. Now here's the thing. I believe in, I believe in our online campus, I really do. I, I, I think God's gonna touch people's lives that are watching on, on, on screen right now. I believe in our online campus. But you, you hear us say it all the time, I also believe in, in being in the house of God. Um, when, when, every chance we can. Why? Because you gain something from this moment and because this environment gains something from you. Amen. All right? 
And so we believe in that. Here's the thing. I could probably walk through this crowd right now and just start looking at some of you, just kind of up and down the aisles. And I'll bet I could pick out the people who have uh, been going to the gym. <laughs> I bet I could. I'd be like, you, you probably go two or three times. I could probably pick some of you. I can, I'm seeing it right now. And then there's some of you that are trying to puff up right now. You're trying to look swole because I started talking about it. Some of you that set up a little straighter. This one dude's pulling up his sleeves. Sun's out, guns out moment. No, I could. I, you, you can notice it. You can tell the people that are faithful to the gym. They just have something on them. They look, they look different, right? And then uh, someone said, uh, well, I'm glad you didn't go there in first service so that we could tell the people who didn't go to the gym. Now, I'm not preaching that, no. No condemnation. I bet this so. I, I, I could also go to your place of work, spend two or three days, just watch people, listen to people, just kind of see their interaction, hear the kind of way they talk, maybe the way they treat one another. And in that moment, after a couple of days, I bet I could tell you which people frequent the house of God too. Because where we walk will affect how we walk. And the first decision this, this young man makes, this 40-year-old man makes, is he decides, I'm, I'm, I'm walking into church. God has done so much in my life. This is where I want to be. Not only did he walk a new way, we are also called to leap at a new level, to get to a new elevation in our life. Verse eight says, he jumped to his feet. He began to walk. Then he, uh, he, uh, then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and, and jumping. He, he's, just, he's just getting elevation. He's just, he's just seeing things. It's so crazy. Like one second, he's literally below everyone else's view. And literally the next second, he's above everybody else's view. Isn't that God? Isn't that how God works? That one second, he's down here. He can't even see what's going on. He's blocked by everybody else. He can't see anything. And now he's, it's not even good enough for him to be at the same level as everybody else. He starts doing this number here. You ever been in a situation where you're trying to see like where something is or you're trying to look for somebody and you got to resort to this number? He'd be like, <laughs> you know, you're trying to see what's, what. I like that view that that's where God wants to take us to a different perspective. Because when you see things a little higher up, stuff that seemed impossible when you were sitting down, when you get a little higher up, you realize, oh, I can get there, or I can make it to there, or I know where to go simply because I have been elevated. Listen, God is calling you higher. God is calling you to an elevated level in your life. God is calling you to leap to a new level in your devotional life. We're, I believe this. I believe we're in a season where God's just calling us to emphasize the spiritual things in our life more than ever before. Called us to an elevated devotional life and, and maybe attendance, an elevated conversation, elevated um, a behavior, the, uh, elevate the way you, you, you treat your family. God's calling us to a higher level. Why would God, God call us to a higher level? Because that's where he is. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8 and 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. This is God talking. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts higher than your thoughts. I would just encourage you, beware of incremental thinking even. Just thinking, well, I'm just going to be one little step higher than I was a year ago. One little step higher than I was a decade ago. Sometimes God wants to elevator you. You know what I'm saying? 
Like it's not just a flight of stairs. Like you gotta go up 10 flights. You say, let's say you gotta go up 10 flights. You go, I'm gonna take the stairs. Most of you wouldn't, neither would I. But man, by the time you get to the fifth floor, you are worn out. And yet somebody else decided to take the elevator and they walk in this little room and they hit one button and they just stand right there. And that room just changes everything. And then they open up and now they're 10 floors higher than they were before. That's a picture of God elevating you. There are seasons when God just wants to just shoot you out of your mess, get you out of that junk that you're living in. And this is one of those seasons, an elevated level of purity, an elevated elevated level of boldness in your life, elevated level of of outreach and even in your thought life. I feel like God's calling somebody to get up out of that, that low level of thinking. And finally, that kind of encounter with God the kind we believe for, the kind that's available to you even today, it'll also cause you to produce a new praise. It'll cause you to produce a new praise. He, this, this, this man jumps to his feet, he begins to walk, and he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. And when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him. They recognized him as the man who used to sit over here. See, I like the the word that gets translated praise here. It's a word that that means all of these things. It means praise. It means uh, to cheer for. I like this. It means to brag on. When's the last time you just bragged on God? When's the last time, like, like you could do that tomorrow. What if we just committed to do that tomorrow? Like we we walk up into work and somebody sees us and go, what'd you do this weekend? And you go, oh man, let me just, I went to church and my pastor preached the best message I've ever heard. Now you say, I thought we weren't supposed to lie. In this instance, I will allow for a little white lie. Just so you can brag on God. No, you can say, man, I went to church and God, I mean, I felt so alive. I felt like God was moving in my life. Just brag on God and see what happens. That's what this man was doing. He's cheering God. He's, he's bragging on God. And, and it's such a contrast for them to see. Because oh, all the people ever knew from him was petition. All they ever knew of him was to be a beggar. The only communication they ever heard from him was, I'm in need, I'm in need, I'm in need. Petition, petition, petition. That's all they'd heard for maybe decades. And now out of Mr. Petition is coming praise. You would talk about a noticeable, when petition turns into praise, it makes people try to figure you out. When petition turns to praise, it makes people go, what happened to you? Like when they petition in poverty turns into a praise for provision, it makes people go, well, what happened to you? Because I know you used to have nothing and now you seem to have some stuff. What happened? When a petition in sickness turns into a praise for healing, people notice. When a, petition, oh, when a petition about your lost kids turns into a praise for the prodigal son coming home, come on. God, when God does that, people notice. When a, a petition in confusion turns into a praise for direction and understanding, when a petition made in loneliness turns into a praise for communion, for community, uh, for belonging, for friends, People notice that when that changes, when a, when a, when a, uh, when a, a prayer for a storm in your life turns into a praise for the God of your storm saying, peace, be still. I'm telling you, people are watching your life. And when the petition turns to praise, it will intrigue them. 
it'll intrigue them so much that they just might grab you and say, what happened to you? Now, a day before the moment with this beggar was the day of Pentecost. And uh, Peter preaches on the day of Pentecost and the Bible says 3,000 people get saved. And we go, man, heaven must have been going crazy. 3,000 people believing on Jesus Christ in that moment. And I think heaven was. And then the next day, it's this one guy who experiences life change. We go, does heaven still rejoice? Yes, Luke 15, seven says that. Same way there'll be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. So yes, over that one sinner, there was still a crazy party. But I would submit this, that that crazy celebration over that one, and you, you matter to God in this big crowd, person one, you, you matter. I would submit this though, that the reason why heaven rejoices over the one is not just because of the one, but because of all of the people that this one is going to impact by their life change. Now here's what you don't know. Some of you, chapter four, uh, as a result of him getting saved, uh, it goes, the church goes from 3,000, lame beggar gets saved, church then jumps to 5,000. 2,000 people come to Christ because of the change that they see in this beggar's life. And you are that. That's what we're called to be. That's, that's the kind of change we're called to live. And for some of you, God has done that in your life. You have, you have encountered Christ in a way that has caused you to be radically different. And I say, go for it, man. Live it out there. Walk in a different kind of way. Stand for something. Go to a new level. Like all of that's good. But yet some of you here today, you need God to happen to you. You need God to happen to you. You need God to restore you. You need God to forgive you. You need Jesus to heal you. You need God to happen to you today. I mean, if you're the beggar in this story and we go, what version of the beggar are you? For some of you, you're still sitting on the ground, being carried around, spiritually speaking, outside the temple, outside the, the relationship with God. That's, that's the part of this story that you would have to identify with. And I'm telling you, today is your day for God to happen to you. And I just believe that there's somebody on the sound of my voice that is going to have such a radical encounter with Christ that this week, I'm speaking it out, someone's going to say, what happened to you? And you're gonna remember this moment and go, oh my gosh, it really happened. And when they do, you'll be able to say, oh, God happened to me. That's what happened to me. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.